At 4ZZZ, we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast. We pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging of the Turbul and Jagera people. We acknowledge that their sovereignty over this land was never ceded. And we stand in solidarity with them. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. Amplifying the trans and gender non-conforming voices of Brisbane and beyond. Good morning. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Sev. My pronouns are he and they. Here on Transmission, we are all about amplifying the voices of our local trans community and beyond. And we cover only trans, non-binary and gender non-conforming issues. Starting out today, I'm going to give you some news. Uh, Catch up on the fallout from the Channel 7 Spotlight segment that has dominated trans talking points for the last week or so. And the punches continue to roll. So, in news, Channel 7 have issued an apology to Grace Highland and removed her images from the promo and show, but as of yet have not responded to the many other trans people who have come forward on social media to say that their photos were used in the segment without consent and without context. Currently, a change.org petition asking for the removal of the harmful detransitioning segment and an apology for all the videos and photos used without consent started by Olivia G, who says they were horrified to find that their post-top surgery videos expressing how much better their life has become because of surgery were included in the segment without their consent. And the implication of its inclusion is that they were unhappy with their medical care and transition and this is untrue. That change.org petition is currently sitting at over 46,000 signatures and if it's something that you would like to support and get on top of please seek that out. I'll do my best to share it to our socials later as well. Now, I personally chose not to watch that segment, a thing that I went back and forth on because I wanted to be able to comment on it with um, informed knowledge. At the same time, I, as a trans person, had to make the best choice for my own well-being and my own mental health, and that was not to engage with content like that at the current time. If you're in a similar boat, I just want to say that I affirm your need for self-care and protection over your need to be able to join in a public discourse that is inherently dehumanizing to trans people and actively lying about our experiences. So, in thematic links, in events, the first event on our list today, this Thursday, there is being hosted by Me and Jin People's Pride in the spotlight, protest against transphobia. On Thursday, meeting in King George Square in Brisbane City at 5.30pm, share and listen to stories of real, joyful trans people in response to inaccurate Channel 7 journalism. Show your pride, let the media know that we won't let their anti-trans propaganda go unanswered. So I really hope you will join us there, not just trans folks in our community. We really need our allies to show up for this. Cis folks, this is me imploring you, stand by your trans friends, your trans family, your trans community. 
this type of media coverage that is intentionally harmful and intentionally false is creating a more harmful world or more harmful society for the trans people in your community and in your lives. Stand by us. This is going to be a long fight. But while we're fighting, let's find some joy and some celebration too, hey? And this Friday, Under the Sea Variety Show is in the Peacock Room at the Wickham. It's a celebration of the Little Mermaid and all things oceanic. It's produced by local legend Archie Arsenic. Uh, Tickets are available now. There are also pay-it-forward tickets if you're in a place of privilege and you can afford to pay forward your ticket to support other folks who are not as capable of affording their tickets right now. You can do that. Purchase a pay-it-forward ticket and see it go to someone in need. Uh, There are also discounted tickets available for mob, trans folk and concession card holders. So, yeah, that's this Friday at the Wickham. Pre-purchase of tickets, highly recommended. Also, this Saturday, we have Barrytopia Taboo, uh, part of the Brisbane Festival at the Tivoli. This is going to be an epic show uh, featuring performers Queen Kong, Betty Grumble, Stereogamous, featuring DJ Nisha, DJ Tulio, Gogo Bumhole, and the hosts for the evening, the incredible Lunathic, and some dickhead called Lord Severus. Who would that be? All right, my darling, that is the events for the week. I'm excited to share with you our special guest for the day. QLife is Australia's first nationally oriented counselling and referral service for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender and intersex or LGBTI people. QLife provides peer-supported telephone and web-based services to diverse people of all ages. They help callers with a range of issues relating to sexuality and gender, including coming out, as well as more general issues such as relationship problems. So remember, you can call the QLife line daily from 5.30pm till 10.30pm on 1800 184 527. And for online chat and support, go to qlife.org.au. You're listening to Transmission on 4 Z. I am joined today in the studio by a very special guest. We talked talked earlier in the events segment about some upcoming stuff happening. And on Friday, we have Under the Sea, a variety show in the Peacock Room at the Wickham, uh, produced by local legend Archie Arsenic who is joining me in studio today hello Archie hello hello thank you for having me again oh always always a pleasure to have you a transmission thank you so much for joining us uh how you been yeah really good I uh am finally on a good medication that uh helps with my chronic illness and it turns out I can do so much more stuff uh when uh you receive adequate medical help wild Um, wild concept (laughs) so i've been like doing all the stuff being like well this is what it can be like (laughs) i'm so so happy to hear that for you as a fellow chronically ill person in spoonie uh finding new reserves of energy it's wild Mm. particularly when you're like wait could i have been doing this my entire life the whole time is this a thing i could have been allowed (laughs) what's i'm so happy to hear that for you archie Speaking of doing all the things, this Under the Sea show, it's yes. not just any variety show. Like, no. This is gigantic. Yeah. My greatest passion in life is The Little Mermaid. Uh, <laughs> Archie asked Nick, two things you need to know. Little Mermaid, garlic bread. Yes. They're, they're my two passions <laughs> in life. And I wanted to see a Little Mermaid show. And at first I was like, oh, could someone do like a Little Mermaid brunch? And then I went, no. 
I'm going to make my own damn show and I'm going to sit right at the front and I'm going to watch the whole thing and cry the entire time. So this is my very, very yeah. favorite thing. As somebody with a history in producing events myself, like I've always run myself ragged. I'm like, oh, I will also MC or I will also do it. You are a genius. <laughs> and you're like, this, the best show I can conceive of is one where I get to sit in the front row and weep like a baby. Yes, that's exactly it. I've, I've even got two stage managers, one upstairs, one downstairs. And, you know, they'll be radioing each other. You know, I've had like, I've got a merch table, door person, MC, I don't have to do anything except for just sit at the front and weep uncontrollably the entire time. Amazing. So your staff are under instructions, like under no circumstances, interrupt the crying guy in the wig. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly right. Like I've, I'm not even going, I'm going to be high femme, but I'm not even going to go in drag because I want to be comfortable and obviously I'm going to ruin my makeup from crying. So yeah, I just uh, created a show that was an early birthday present to myself. I've created it for entirely selfish reasons because I wanted to see a little mermaid show so I made one <laughs> all right well two things firstly when you say the little mermaid is one of the main passions in your life people might be thinking oh yeah a lot of people thought really positively about that movie how many times did you see the little mermaid the new little mermaid <laughs> in the cinema in the cinema I saw it 12 times I'm so impressed by that. Like, I, I love movies. I'm trying to think of films that I've gone to see repeat times. <laughs> and obviously, I'm a giant nerd. Like, there are certain, certain Star Wars movies and things. I definitely went to see at the cinema, like, three or four times. Mm. Twelve is bordering on the only thing you can possibly do in your spare time is watch The Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any time that I had, I saw it multiple times a day sometimes. I just... Sometimes in costume as well. I saw yeah, some photos. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, definitely on the opening night, I went in full drag, dressed as the Little Mermaid, and I, you know, took my mermaid bag. I have a little flounder purse, and I, I took my mermaid doll and um, and a big uh, Ursula stuffy bear, so they could watch it with me. It was honestly the most beautiful thing in the world. Uh, it took me literally until a couple of years ago to start having some compassion for my inner child. Yeah, and uh, I just love seeing you wear yours so openly and on your. <laughs> sleeve when it comes to the passion and joy you have for something just so beautiful fills you with joy yeah it's funny like i explained to my therapist they're like what do you do when you're in crisis and i'm like i'm so lucky because the no matter how bad i am or what's happening if i sit down put on my jammies and watch the little mermaid everything's fine and i just wish that everybody had their version of that that uh <laughs> that, that was beautiful. their go-to yeah how beautiful to have just like this really solid coping mechanism but also anybody can benefit from taking time sitting down making themselves comfortable i know particularly when i get overwhelmed overstimmed i do wish i had a default setting like oh what you need to do. I, I was an angsty teenager so in my mind it's still go sit in a dark room with your headphones on and listen to nine inch nails until you cry all your feelings out yeah whereas <laughs> my thing is regressing I don't have to worry about anything else. I'm allowed to giggle. I'm allowed to cry. I'm allowed to be almost like an id. Like, you know, uh, how, like the layers that form your personality, uh, the very you at your center is called an id. And that's essentially what I am when I need to be, when I need to reset, and when I need to not think about all of the uh, craziness that happens uh, in my brain. And just watching The Little Mermaid allows me to, to reset. And now I've got two Little Mermaids to love. 
<laughs> all the more mermaid and not just the films i mean i know you also are a collector of merchandise yes toys. i am yeah that's the only thing i was dirty on like when i first found out she was poc i was like hell yeah that means twice as much merch uh, <laughs> <laughs> because they can't really release the same merch but they they did the dirty and there's there's not much of the hallie version and she's I can't imagine anybody else playing it, to be honest. She was perfection. So I need more of her. The people demand more Little Mermaid merchandise. Yeah, like I understand like the, the Barbie hype, you know, like that marketing strategy was brilliant. And the only thing I'm dirty about is where was that for the Little Mermaid? Super fair. I, I, like, I haven't seen the new movie, so I shouldn't really make any comment, but the only thing I'm slightly dirty on are Ursula's eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but to bring back to my other point, my second thing, you said that you produced this show purely for selfish reasons, for yourself to enjoy. And I, I hear you. you. You're leading with joy, and honestly, I think that's where the best content comes from, from yeah. genuine love. But I'm going to pull you up on selfishness because you, my friend have structured the ticket sales and access to this event in a way that I really respect and really admire, something that I would love to see more people pick up as well. Well, I, 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 producing this event, I did things that I wish I saw other events do, and that comes down to accessibility. I am not a rich person. I am unable to work full-time due to my health, but I love the arts, and I want to go to gigs, but I just can't afford it. And so many people are in that boat. So I did tiered ticketing. So obviously there's general admission and then for mob, trans and concession, there's a discount. And concession is, you know, if you're a student, if you're on a disability pension, if you're unemployed, if you're on any sort of concession card, it's more affordable for you. And then I also did pay it forward tickets. So for half the price of a normal GA ticket, so for $20, you can give somebody else the chance to go. And that has actually been received so well. I am overwhelmed. We have had like 15 pay it for tickets and even the cast have donated their plus ones. Been like, no, my friends can pay. Just put mine in the pay it forward pile and even bought pay it forward tickets. And I love that. You know, so and I don't need a reason why somebody needs it. You know, you don't need to beg for it. Just if you want to come to the show and for any reason you just can't afford to, there is an allotment. So just, you know, message me and you can go. Amazing. So, yeah, I was going to ask, Archie, is that the the best way? If somebody out there is listening and they would like to access a ticket because they don't have the funds and would like to come and celebrate, what is the best way to uh, yeah, apply so for Yeah, so you one? can just email me, which is utsvariety at gmail.com, or you can message me directly. All my socials are Archie Arsenic, or there is the Instagram page for UTS Variety. So there's multiple channels to you know, contact me. Fantastic. This aspect of affordability and accessibility, there does seem to be this massive chasm, right? Like large scale theatre events and concerts, they tend to have these concession options. But once you get to local events, once you get to community events, 
there really is that sort of drop-off where there is an expectation everybody can access in the same way with the same funds. Well, I mean, producing an event is incredibly expensive. And, you know, if I had the normal amount of performers on, um, <laughs> I'd, I'd be making money. But I've got 17 performers on because I wanted a mega show. And I didn't go into this with the idea of making money. I just wanted to see a show and I want everybody to be able to see it. And, you know, in the act of accessibility, you know, it is a ground floor venue that it, there is, you know, it is wheelchair accessible. There is seating. There is an all accessible, all genders bathroom. You know, I tried to think of all the things that I that I want to see in other events. Absolutely gorgeous. Amplifying the voices of the trans and gender non-conforming community of Mianjin, Brisbane and beyond. Transmission on 4ZZZ brings you the latest in trans community news, music and events. Every Tuesday from 9am till 10am, join our team of hosts for an hour of celebrating the unique perspectives of the trans community. Transmission, Tuesday mornings from 9am till 10am on 4ZZZ. You're listening to Transmission on 4ZZZ. My name is Sev. My pronouns are he and they. And I am joined in studio today by Archie Arsenic. Say hi, Archie. Hello. My pronouns are also they, he. Now, Archie and I have been talking about Archie's upcoming event, Under the Sea, a variety show at the Peacock Room of the Wickham this Friday. It's a celebration of The Little Mermaid. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with the works of the spectacular Archie Arsenic, <laughs> you will learn that Archie Arsenic stands for two things in this life, and that is a little mermaid and the love of garlic bread. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, as a as a host of burlesque and drag shows, it is always my privilege to get to introduce Archie with these monikers because people who don't know don't know. And my very, very favourite thing is as soon as Archie starts taking off elements of costume, you've got an entire sleeve that is essentially mermaid-themed and lots of mm-hmm. tattoos that are mermaid-themed and also the words garlic bread written in giant script <laughs> across your thighs, which is just chef's kiss. Like, I grew up thinking, oh, all of my tattoos are going to be so meaningful and so deep and, and it this is, is though and this is exactly the thing anybody who wanted to question you on why your tattoos <laughs> seem so joyous and silly like these are very very meaningful thank you yeah very well much. i wanted something that was like oh that looks nice what is it so it says garlic bread <laughs> <laughs> literally the best tattoo i've ever seen Archie, we, we talked all about the event. It's incredible. Did you, did you say 17 performers, by the way? I yeah, didn't I've even... got 17 performers. So it, I had over 40 applicants, and I was blown away by that. So I found out very quickly the part that sucks about producing is saying no to people. But I wanted a really diverse lineup, and it... Yeah, I think maybe I've got one straight person. The token um, <laughs> heterosexual. Yeah, yeah, they can be the token. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I've got live singers. Like, I heard... Giovanni, she she's this up and coming amazing drag performer, but I heard her sing "Part of Your World," and I just burst into tears. And so when I decided to put on this show, I just went to her immediately and I said, "I need you to be my Ariel," and she agreed. So I'm stoked. I'm going to be crying hysterically through that. And yeah, I um I forgot to mention before, ten uh, percent of all my profits, if I make any, will be going to P Flag. Absolutely love that. Um, do you mind if I ask, why did you choose PFLAG? So I actually struggled to pick which organisation, but I wanted to go with, I guess, trans youth. 
my sister is, well, I'm also uh, in the trans umbrella, but my sister's transgender and I'm seeing more and more young people who need support. Yeah. And it's like, not only are you a teenager, uh, (laughs) which sucks in its own right, you're going through this incredible journey and you need support there. And, you know, I, I have two incredible stepchildren of my own and one of them has said, I want to be a boy and a girl. And so, like, supporting my own gender-diverse child. Of course. No, thank you so much. Yeah. I, I think it's a thing that gets lost often in the general social perception of trans issues and all the gross politicization of the trans debate in disgusting inverted quotations there are real children real teenagers real families who just want to live thrive get the medical care they need deserve and those are the people who are really really punished by the current situation and political atmosphere like the idea that anyone could tell me that my sister does not deserve (laughs) uh to, I mean, she deserves just to be able to walk outside the door and be safe like the rest of us. Like, I have the privilege of appearing straight passing if I want to. I'm able to appear cisgendered if I want to. But so many transgender people are brave just walking outside their damn door. And to be told that, like, all this stuff going on is just... You know, I will, I'll fight until the day I die for the right for my sister to be treated just as I'm treated. A hundred percent. And this is where I really, like, I feel so hard for the, for the young people, teenagers, kids who are having to go to school this week in the wake of that Channel 7 spotlight show where not only are other kids and young people going to be having new fuel for their playground bullying and judgment that you know obviously kids kids are cruel we know this we will well them. even at that like so my little one is amab and they wanted to wear a dress out with me and their sister and so we did we dressed up and my very straight cishet partner just went god you look cute but like they wore they wanted to wear their big pink sparkly shoes at kindy and they were afraid they were going to get teased at four years old. Four years old, being afraid just to wear the shoes that make you feel happy. Isn't that disgusting? I mean, I know we all know it's disgusting, and I'm probably screaming into a beautiful FM echo chamber right here, but it literally breaks my heart. And when I think about my own journey, I didn't come out as trans until my 30s. Mm. A thing that I... (laughs) through, you know, the love of good people, good friends, good support network, and a lot of medical professionals and therapists and support, I've come to a reasonable place of acceptance that it I needed to take this long to get to where I am, to mm. feel secure and confident in trusting myself and putting it out there for the world to hear. I know a lot of that is because that I'm carrying a lot of trauma 
And I know that I am still going through the process now of unmasking after only really discovering and being diagnosed as autistic and neurodiverse in oh, the last Oh, that's why we get along so well, isn't it? I, <laughs> every time I make a new friend, I'm like, you're on the spectrum, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and ju- the process of unmasking for me has also been finding all of the places where I've just locked down my reaction to how uncomfortable I feel in my own body, how uncomfortable yeah. I felt in society. It's, it's a long, old process, and I'm still right there pulling apart all these spider webs. But there is this lament, there is this mourning inside me for a life that never existed, because if I had been encouraged, supported, listened to, given options and opportunities, when I was a child talking about being a boy, feeling like being a boy, when I was a precocious teenager joking about being a gay man in a woman's body, when all of my peers were on board with me being one of the boys and not being treated like, you know, their partners, but instead one yeah. of their close friends and all of these things that I continually allowed to just exist in this place of either internalized misogyny. Well, yeah, that's right. I'm not like other girls. Girls are awesome. And I take it back. I was wrong. Yeah. But I'm not one. And that's OK. Yeah. Look, my sister's been my sister since the second she could communicate. You know, in kindergarten, uh, preschool, she said her name was Jade and wanted wigs and long hair and dressed up like me and my mother. And um, thank God they found drag in their late teens. And then eventually they were able to be like, you know what, I've been right literally my entire life and transitioned into this Amazonian goddess that I, that I now get you know, the pleasure of being able to say, you're my sister. But, you know, if she, I just wish... The path was clearer. I wish we could have done it when she was in kindergarten. Yeah. Because she never, ever wavered. She never changed. You know, she always knew. We don't have a huge amount of time to talk about this, but the one thing I really do want to just jump into, while we're talking about the spotlight segment and the misinformation around the concept of detransition. Mm-hmm. I need people to understand that medicalization of regret is not a thing we do basically anywhere other than talking about trans-affirming care. Yeah. Medical regret is a thing that exists. It is absolutely a thing that exists for all kinds of medical procedures. And in fact, statistics bear it out again and again that there is more regret over rhinoplasties and weight loss surgeries. And knee reconstructions have a 50% success rate. Knee reconstructions are one of the most regretted medical procedures mm-hmm. done. And yet people with bad knees aren't prevented from accessing care in case they regret it. Mm-hmm. This is just not a thing at all. And the most pressing aspect of this that really frustrates me is that I stand with detransitioners. Mm. Most trans people do. And detransitioners are not a monolith. There are so, so many reasons for detransition. And yes, reassessing one's gender and coming to a new conclusion or a different conclusion is one of the reasons, but is something as a trans person who has needed to explore and unpack and unmask my gender, I would always welcome people to continue to question and grow and change and find themselves. But the vast majority of people who are detransition or are recorded as detransitioners, detransition for other reasons than regret yes and these reasons can include everything from 
not being able to access the healthcare that is needed to continue their transition the way they wanted to. The literal outcome of using regret as a reason to deny people healthcare. It is also because of lack of support, facing bigotry, uh, hatred in the home, in the workplace, in school. It is also a huge section of people who are self-reported detransitioners are because their presentation or need to affirm their gender just changed, but isn't because they are no longer a part of the trans community. Yeah, well, I... So I classify myself as a detransitioner, but I... It came from a place of self-love, finally, I now consider myself a blank slate when I wake up in the morning and then I get to choose what I am. You know, so I'm not in any way near the binary. And some days I wake up and I want to be femme and luckily I'm good at makeup. I have wigs, I have dresses and I can appear very feminine. And, you know, I, I've got super short hair and a lot of masculine clothing and I can do masculine makeup for days that I want to appear masculine. And I don't have to stick to one of them. Absolutely. And there are plenty of people who report similar, that they go from presenting or feeling either non-binary or binary trans and then find themselves later on feeling another fluid presentation or, you know, going from non-binary to a binary trans position. All of these get counted in those detransitioner statistics. So I just, um, it is really important information to hold on to out there that when we are talking about these subjects, it is never, ever as simple as it is being presented in trash media for our consumption. It's important that we stand with detransitioners. We stand with people who need to alter and flex the way that they are experiencing and expressing their gender because there is no one size fits all, either for being trans, non-binary and gender non-conforming or for medical care as people with complex chronic health issues. You know, we spend years, decades in both mine and Archie's cases looking for the right options and the right solutions it's never easy but it is so important that we have the opportunity to access that healthcare and to talk to professionals who can yeah. help us find i had to go path. overseas for my surgeries because i just couldn't afford it in australia i had my chest reduced down to flat i i didn't go full top surgery because i was like oh what about my fem days so i just went to a nice little a cup and they've grown back <laughs> but i still love them and I just tattooed them. <laughs> and now they look great on stage. Um, but I don't regret any of the surgeries I did. It was a part of my journey and a part of my life. And, yeah, I'm different now, but it saved my life and doing what it. I needed to do. And I spent so much time hating myself. And it's now that I'm finally happy and I just get to decide day by day what I'm going to be. Archie, thank you so, so much for sharing your story, for thank coming you. in today and for producing incredible events that support and uplift community. We love you. Thank you so, so much for coming in. It's always such a pleasure to thank have you. Thank you for having me. It's always fun. Wishing you all the very best and cannot wait to see you Friday night for Yay. Under the Sea. Thank you so much for listening to Transmission. See you next Tuesday, 9 to 10 a.m. on 4 Z. Thank you.